starting a mental health movement in your community by advocating for mental health ministry in your church with Dr. Sarah Griffith Lund, author of Blessed Youth, on episode number 58 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. This reminds us that we are more than our illness. We are more than our diagnosis. We are more than our label. We are more than what's broken about us. We are made in the image of God. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble, the podcast where we offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and as a part of the significance of this month, which we're recording this podcast in May of 2023, is lifting up the importance of mental health and particularly how starting a mental health ministry in your church can be impactful to a mental health movement in your community. We're in part two of a two-part episode with author Sarah Griffith Lund from sarahgriffithlund.com. She's the author of several books in the Blessed R series. There's the Blessed R, the crazy, which has to do with breaking the silence about mental illness. Blessed Union, which is about uh, mental illness and marriage. And the particular book we're talking about here today is Blessed Youth, Breaking the Silence About Mental Illness, Children and Teens. She is the senior pastor of the first Congregational United Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana, and serves on the national staff of the United Church of Christ in the Ministry for Disabilities and Mental Health Justice. And she's active in her community and nationally and internationally and serves on the Board of Faith and Action at Christian Theological Seminary in Indianapolis. Her organization, Blessed Mind, at blessedmind.org, is all about advocating for mental health, and it's about unmasking stories in order for people to realize their self-worth. 
She comes to us with some great insights about mental health and about how it can be implemented in your church and impactful in your community. In this episode, episode number 58, which is part two of our two-part series, we talk about the importance of offering support in our churches to people with mental health challenges. We talk about a WISE program, that which is a 10-step process for churches to become more welcoming and supportive of people with mental health challenges, and how people of faith can be advocates for fully funded mental health crisis support. Those are just some of the things we talk about in this episode. I encourage you to go back to episode number 57, where we talk about how starting a mental health ministry is such an important aspect in the health and the life of your church, especially in terms of breaking the stigma of mental health advocacy in your community and in your church. You can find her work at sarahgriffithlund.com. More information about her books. We'll put all the indica- all the uh, connections and the links at our website, which is tobeencouraged.com. We pick up the conversation between Bishop Trimble and myself and Dr. Sarah Griffith Lund with Bishop Trimble asking Dr. Griffith Lund about the particular word blessed and its meaningfulness and its impactfulness in the area of mental health. So you do, you, you provide a gift, uh, a gift for me as, as I was reading Blessed Youth, and I really would like you to explain expand on it uh, a little bit, uh, Sarah, because this is kind of a theological word as well. Blessed, I think about the Sermon on the Mount and different translations of the word. But the word blessed, you you breathe for me, you breathe new life into that word on what it means to be holy as well as whole, W-H-O-L-E and holy, H-O-L-Y. So can you say more about what Blessed. I, I, I said this a few few days ago in a sermon that that our sacred worth is not subject to debate. So, you know, God has already blessed us to be loved. Uh, and, and but but there's so many other voices that come in. So what does what do, does the word blessed? How, how do you how do you breathe the breathe that life into that as, as being holy and whole? Thank you so much. Um, mental health is what impacts our emotions, our feelings, our behaviors, our relationships. Mental health impacts everything. And so when we are having a mental health challenge, it impacts our moods, how we think and feel about ourselves. And so oftentimes uh, mental illnesses will cause a low self-esteem, a feeling of worthlessness, a feeling of hopelessness, despair, Part of our brain that processes mental illness is also the similar part that processes spirituality. And so one of the side effects of it is feeling like God has abandoned us because our brains have sort of blocked that spiritual pathway. And so people can feel utterly abandoned and forsaken by God when they are really in what I call the valleys of the shadow of mental illness. And so in the midst of that, I want to remind myself and other folks that we are blessed 
We are not cursed. We are not forsaken. As we hear Jesus say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who live with mental illness and their loved ones. This reminds us that we are more than our illness. We are more than our diagnosis. We are more than our label. We are more than what's broken about us. We are made in the image of God. And we are Jesus's beloved disciples, part of God's family. And so I have to remind myself, because like a lot of folks in my family, we have generations of mental health challenges. We have bipolar disorder that is genetic. So I can see four generations of people in my family that have bipolar disorder. And so someone might say, wow, is that a family curse? You know, this mm. keeps passed on from generation to generation. You know, who who here sinned? And so mm. um, that's just kind of always there for me because that's so much how we talk in the Christian faith, right? Cursed and sin, it's all throughout the Bible. But really, would God do that? Would God take God's precious, beloved people and curse them? with generations of bipolar disorder. Not my God. That's not a God of love and grace. My God says, you know what? You're human. You're beloved. You have a brain. Sometimes our brains are made differently. And so I like this idea of neurodiversity. We all have diversity in the ways our brains work. And when folks like your mother-in-law get support and help, these different brains can be beautiful, can create art, new ideas, talents. And a lot of our best thinking and original ideas come from people whose brains are different. And so that's also part of this idea of blessed and to really focus on the beauty and the giftedness that we all have, no matter what mental health diagnosis we have or medications we take it's it's uh it's so important to realize that everyone has a story and also the understanding of from birth on you know we often think of people at a certain age things being noticed or diagnosed but in your book you talk about even early on as infants and and prenatal some of these things are happening I think back now on some things that as a parent, looking back, I said, you know, maybe we really, we were really missing some things that were going on. Or even I think of things, language that I confess before God and, and all of our podcast listeners that, you know, I think back on words that I used or thoughts that I had that really were not healthy. You know, like when we said, well, those are bad kids as opposed to good kids, you know, bad behavior when all of these things that, that we, we, without thinking about it, uh, stigmatize and label when really we're, our stories are maybe a lot more complex than we, than, than we extend enough grace to, to under, understand. Uh, does, it, does that make sense? I know I'm rambling a little bit, but maybe you no, can No, it does make sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, our churches can be places where that judgment comes out. Um, so I think we all have stories of encounters at church with our kids where it's like, oh, you know, is my kid being bad or is my kid acting in a way that's that's um, not not wanted here? And so our church has a playground. We have a space for kids to be in the sanctuary where there's no pews, there's soft pillows and 
and carpeting. And other pastors are starting to create spaces where children can be themselves if they have ADHD or autism, that whatever way they behave, they're not being bad. Um, they're just trying to manage all of their sensory uh, stimulation. And so to not label kids or punish them just because their brains have them acting and thinking a little different. You know, too many families are staying home. They're not coming to church because they're tired of being judged or having their kids labeled or feeling rejected. And so mm -hmm. it's really a, a convicting moment, you know, that there's, there's more we can do. There's more grace and love we can show people. Um, so to be proactive about that. So what would it look like for your faith community to have a mental health ministry where you create spaces and programming that are welcoming of youth who are neurodivergent, who have autism, who have ADHD, who have social phobias and really don't feel comfortable interacting with other people. That is that is so fantastic. I hope those who are listening, uh, I, I the last church I served before I was elected a bishop had a mental health ministry. But that only came about because lay people came to me. I was a pastor and they educated me and they said, they said, Pastor, we're just missing it. There are people in our, in our church who are hurting and kind of quietly dealing with things. And then we linked with with NAMI and another support group and provided space for a support a ministry. We, we highlighted Mental Health Awareness Month and I made a, a public commitment to preach several times around this. But it was lay people who actually came and parents and adults. Uh, we had one person who had been traumatized because she had been in a train wreck and that created a whole uh, uh, post-traumatic stress illness. And, and she helped lead the lead us creating this ministry. I'm saying this because I know someone may listen to the podcast uh, and wondering, how do you get started? This kind of leads to my next question. How, how do you become mental health advocates in the faith community? How do we think about, I've been to several of our churches that, that do have that play space. And I thought, I said, boy, I wish I would have, when I was an active pastor at the time, created space for noise in, in the sanctuary or in, in, in the same space. So parents wouldn't have a reason to not come to church. You know, we would eliminate those barriers. Uh, uh, and so what does it mean to become mental health advocates? Uh, and how, how does one get started? You know, maybe there are people hearing this uh, or, or others who, 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 who work in this area uh, in their, in their work, in their, in their work, in their work life, but they don't bring that to the, to their faith space. Thank you, Bishop, for your leadership and advocacy. Preaching about mental health makes a huge difference uh, to break the silence from the pulpit. Because like I said at the top of this conversation, the stigma is really the barrier that prevents people from getting help and support. So preach about mental health. May is Mental Health Month. So preach about it. Pray about it out loud in your corporate prayer of the people. And then bring in NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They have trained volunteers who want to share their story and can share a mission moment in worship, have an educational program after church. Our church has a NAMI support group that meets here. They have family-to-family -family support groups. 
Um, yes. The caregivers of people with mental health challenges, they need support. There's peer-to-peer support groups from NAMI. NAMI's always looking for good places to meet that are safe and welcoming and inviting. Mental health first aid is another great training. In the United Church of Christ, I helped develop a whole resource called WISE, Welcoming, Inclusive, Supportive, Engaged for Mental Health, WISE. And it's a whole 10-step process. And a church then votes to become a WISE church. And part of that is a covenant, a, a beautiful promise that this church makes to be welcoming, inclusive, supportive, and engaged. And a key part of that journey to be wise is education. Learning about what is mental health. Learning about what would you do if someone comes into your church in a mental health crisis? How can we love and support them? What does it mean to have a pastor who needs to go on medical leave for their mental health? What does it mean to be an advocate in Indiana as we try to pass Senate Bill 1? to fully fund mental health crisis support? How can people of faith leverage um, the teachings of Jesus to love our neighbor and call our senators so that they will fully fund mental health care? And it's also a wonderful outreach opportunity to show the love of Jesus to our community. And so mental health ministry, if it's something that you all are interested in, I would pray that you would um, start the conversation. And you can read books to help get the conversation going. So Blessed Youth has a free study guide you can find on the Chalice Press website. Speaking of youth, uh, when we talk about peer-to-peer, is there a way for peers? I I can think back now on our our oldest son many, many years ago uh, was really trying to be a friend to a friend who was going through a traumatic time. And, and came to me and asked for, and I, I, all I remember saying is try to be the best friend you can be. I wish now, looking back, I, I was maybe better equipped to have to really been sensitive to what he was dealing with because it may have been a life crisis situation. Is there peer-to-peer training? Because a lot of times the person that someone in high school or junior high might speak to might be a friend before, as Brad was saying, they would necessarily contact their parents. Yes, so there is peer-to-peer training. Mental Health First Aid has a youth training. And NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, is working with schools to create these peer support groups. And we have churches who their youth group is a mental health peer support group. They meet after school to do homework together, but they also have check-ins and they check in with each other about how their mental health is doing. And so faith communities can have these mental health support groups. And like I said at the beginning, the spiritual connection to a living God, we can have spiritual support groups for mental health. And the United Church of Christ, we have a whole guideline for how to do that. My church has a spiritual support group. And what it is, is a safe space to check in and to pray for each other as part of our holistic care for our mental health. Sarah, I'm going to stay United Methodist, but I sure am liking some of what the United Church of Christ is doing. So I hope you're willing to come uh, maybe do some of that training for some of our folks as well. Uh, uh, We can just 
you know, work across ecumenical relationships and do that? We, we do have ecumenical partners. So if you look at the United Church of Christ Mental Health Network, um, it has a synagogue that has used this resource and is a wise synagogue. We have Episcopal and Presbyterian churches, and now we have nonprofits that have found this wise model. You can adapt it to your culture and context. So it really is just a beautiful model to help journey alongside people well, as we, they we can't do this uh, on our own in silos anyway. I just, this is an epidemic, is it not, Sarah? We were talking yes, about yes. the epidemic of suicide for one. We, I don't even go off on this tangent too much, but gun violence is so often associated with uh, mental health issues. I just noticed in a couple of the recent episodes, they're almost a weekly deal, but there was obvious social media and phone calls reaching out, basically saying, I'm going to do this because I'm ending my life and shoot some people. But, uh, but my point is you have to be in partnership with other churches, with social service agencies, with our schools, with our medical uh, health facilities and all, because it is a crisis that we need to leverage every resource at hand. Am I, uh, am I correct in sharing that? Amen. That, that you read my book. That's what Blessed <laughs> Youth is all about, partnering yes. families with faith communities, with schools, with mental health professionals. Well, I and think my, yes, my encouragement is that the church, pastors and lay leaders, you can initiate this in your community because there's a historic division between religion and the sciences. Hmm. And so there's a lot of mistrust. There is this assumption that faith people just want to pray it away. Yeah. That we just want the Lord to Thought, save us. Thoughts and, so and prayers need, don't always cut yeah, it all the way, do they? Right. No. So they need us to initiate, say, we realize in addition to prayer and Jesus, we need doctors and therapists and social workers. So we want to invite you to partner with us. Well, thoughts They're waiting of, for that. They're thoughts waiting. and prayers is one part of it, but you got to take action. you got to be That's physically. Right. I love what you said earlier about being physically engaged. You know, sometimes it means intervention and other things as well, and uh, and uh, having that going on, and that's uh, that's awesome, and I'm certainly a believer in that. And it all goes back, if I'm understanding you, Sarah, to some of your personal stories of your own family, your niece, and so on, Bishop, about your uh, about your mother-in-law. I've got stories in my family about borderline personality disorder that could go off a big tangent about, but it's a very personal. But it is relevant to our whole societal health at large. And that's what I think we can do something in the church as an initiative point, whatever church we're in, and however the church can have a true impact in society through saying, okay, here we're making a stand. And to show that encouragement through caring for each other, slowing down and asking, how is it with your soul? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? That's Sounds a little, just, that sounds a little bit of Wesleyan, doesn't it, Bishop? Yeah, that's a little Wesleyan there. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> hey, Sarah, uh, I know we're kind of running out of time, but you made reference to a, a book, was it Awakening Around the Brain? And uh, what was the name of that book and author? Dr. Lisa Miller at Columbia University wrote the new book, The Awakened Brain. The Awakened Brain, okay. It's about neuroscience and spirituality, cutting-edge research, and it's very much affirming of our churches and our whole purpose is to support people's spirituality. Little did we know that is mental health ministry. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, friends, I would just say, uh, even though you've heard reference to that, first book you should get is Blessed Youth. So if you get that, this this should be a national bestseller. In fact, get the book. If you you read it, if it doesn't bless you, uh, I'll buy it back from you. If you can, if you can <laughs> find me, if you can find me in person. I'll do it. There you go. There yeah. you go. I, I did have one final final question slash comment. Brad, before we bring our time together, and that was sure. in, in the book that makes reference, and this is very, very relevant, the, the role that social media has played. And, and I've had some discussions in my own family around the blessing of social media and technology and the mo- multiple digital platforms, as well as I won't call it the curse, but the but the downside of that and how how sure we understood experience bullying but maybe not at this kind of level with social media. Can you say you, you make reference to this in the book in terms of the role social media has played uh, in, in, in uh, uh, exacerbating this pandemic, if you will, epidemic of, of uh, mental stress? Yes, we need to watch very closely how our children engage online. My niece who did die by suicide, she found the means to die on the internet. Mm, And um, there are resources that will alert you to any searches like that. And so we always need to know what are our children reading, listening to, who are they connecting to? Because the internet can help us as well. Um, There was research about high school students and it found that students with an authentic connection we're less likely to have suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety. And it didn't matter if that was an in-person or online. What mattered was an authentic, caring connection. So the internet can give us that, but it also can harm us. And so for, for us as adults, we've got to monitor very closely what type of activities our kids are doing online. One of the greatest search uh, phrases on Google last year, right at the top two or three, was the phrase, how can I heal? And I think that's informative to us. And so, But in terms of our conversation here and bringing it around, Sarah, one of the things we love to do, uh, the theme of our whole podcast here is to be encouraged. So would you share with us just a thought, an encouraging word, encouraging thought that you have to kind of uh, uh, help us to wrap up our conversation here today? Well, I love Psalm 23. It's one that a lot of us hear throughout our lives. And the reason I love it is because of this promise that even though I walk through the valley of the shadows, I fear no evil for you are with me. You comfort me. So no matter what you are going through, be encouraged for God, who is a living, loving God, is with you through the valley of the shadows and you will reemerge into the light of love with hope, with God's promise, and with God's love. Mm, thank you for uh, sharing that. Bishop, I want you to close us on your own closing thoughts and prayer in a moment here. I just did want to say that our guest today here on To Be Encouraged is Sarah Griffith Lund, and her latest book is Blessed Youth, Breaking the Silence About Mental Illness with Children and Teens, and you can find her at blessedmind.org and at sarahgriffithlund.com and we'll put links to everything she is about at our website to beencouraged.com. Bishop, a final word of encouragement and a prayer, please. 
sometimes people are looking for a sign and maybe this podcast might be just the sign you were looking for that you are loved often say i try to explain grace in this way using my spiritual imagination if you will that god has a printing press in heaven and god is making name plates and name tags in heaven everybody's name and on the back of your name tag says you are loved so i want everyone to know that you are loved it's not subject to debate it doesn't have to go before the state legislature the u.s congress or the supreme court god loves you uh and there there's nothing you can do about it but receive that love psalm 71 says in you O lord i take refuge let me never be put to shame in your righteousness deliver us deliver me rescue me incline your ear to me save me be to me a rock of refuge a strong refuge to save me we pray that god will be your rock and that this podcast may be the sign of encouragement that you needed for today you are loved and in the name of jesus i ask blessings upon all who hear what a great joy it was to have here on the to be encouraged podcast author dr sarah griffith lund uh, talking about mental health here on mental health awareness month particularly about the uh, her book blessed youth breaking the silence about mental illness children and teens I did want to mention that you can go to her website, which is sarahgriffithlund.com. And uh, I'll spell that S-A-R-A-H-G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H-L-U-N-D.com. You can go to her website and get a study guide there that can help you with the book. And you can certainly get connections to the book on Amazon and other outlets and even on her website. And I encourage you uh, to go there and to check uh, check that out. It's very helpful resource material for study groups in your church. And particular conversation today was about how important it is to uh, to really start a mental health ministry in your church because that can have a real impact, a real influence on a mental health movement in your community. I hope you'll take it to heart, in particular her whole series of books in the Blessed series, Blessed Are the, are the Crazy and Blessed Union about marriage uh, as well. And you can find all about those at her website and also about uh, in her website, blessedmind.org. So go there and check those out. Just a couple of takeaways from our conversation today, which I think are uh, important to keep uh, keep in mind. Uh, one of them is, is that mental health is an important topic and you need to address it. Uh, it is particularly critical in, among young people these days. The, the death rate among suicides among young people is ridiculous. And it's not necessary. And the, the epidemic of loneliness is there among all people. But we're talking about young people here right now. You can do something in your church and in your community through the schools and through other means to be helpful there. That's where the second point I want to make is that churches play a vital role here in helping to break the stigma surrounding uh, mental illness here by offering support groups and educational programs. And And uh, Dr. Lund mentioned some of those possibilities there, and you can uh, get connected w- with those there at her websites. And the parents need to pay closer attention to their children's online activities. This is a safety issue. 
And it's also about maintaining proper balance in your life. And I'm trying to get a better handle on when to intervene and when to connect regarding your child's online uh, online habits. We also talked a little bit here, and I think it's important, about neurodivergent and mentally ill people. They need to be showing love and compassion and grace and acceptance. And what better place is there than faith communities to do just that? And how this isn't just a professional mental health counselors or pastors or whatever. Lay people, all folks, need to play a significant role in creating mental health ministries in their in their faith community. Some great stuff here, and I hope you'll take it to heart and apply these things in your church, in your faith community, and use uh, the books and the resources from uh, from from uh, that Sarah Griffith Lund offers to us uh, as a resource. There, her book, Blessed Youth: Breaking the Silence About Mental Illness and Children and Teens. We'll put connections and links to all of this at our website, which is to be encouraged. dot com. Bishop Julius Tremble is here to offer uh, offer himself, pour out his heart to you in all these areas that matter, and I am uh, as well. I'm a local church pastor, retired, and uh, Bishop Tremble is an advocate for many areas of life, including mental health, and take it to heart. It's all because we we love you and we love what uh, is embodied with the with the community of faith and our United Methodist churches and how we can impact our communities. And one of the places we can do so is in the area of mental health awareness. We hope that you join us next time here on To Be Encouraged. We'll have other great guests and other insights which will help you to understand that there is a place for an encouraging word for an often discouraged world. Until next time, good people, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller speaking on behalf of Bishop Julius C. Trimble, inviting you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.